Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to uh, all the mothers and grandmothers and mother figures. We're so grateful for you and how you've shaped us. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 10. We'll be in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Let's ask God to guide our time. Father God, we thank you for the mothers and the grandmothers and the mother figures that you have brought into our lives, the many women that have shaped us and encouraged us, and in many ways have uh, just been a blessing in our lives. We're so grateful. We ask, Father, that you would bless them and that today would be a day of encouragement for them. But not just one day, but many days. And allow us to remember that we would probably not be anywhere near what you have allowed us to be, except for a number of women in our lives that have shaped us. And we are grateful. And Father, as we look at your inspired and errant word, we pray that you would encourage and challenge us through it, and that we would be transformed by your word for your glory. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Today is Mother's Day, a day we rightly honor the mothers and the grandmothers and the surrogate mothers that God has brought into our lives. And as I thought about Mother's Day... I thought about a remarkable mother, Jeannie Rosenberg, and her husband, Solomon, their two sons, Joshua and David, the four of them, as well as Solomon's parents, were among the many who were rounded up in World War II. During the Nazi occupation, six and a half million people lost their lives in the concentration camps. The Rosenbergs were rounded up and they were taken to a concentration camp. Actually, it was a labor camp. And the rule of the labor camp was simple. You pull your weight or you die. The six of them arrived and immediately the Rosenberg parents were put to death, the grandparents. They were deemed not worth the amount of food they would be given every day. An atrocity, an evil, a wickedness. Solomon and his wife Jeannie each day would gather their two sons. In the morning they would pray. They would ask God to give them yet another day. In the evening when they would gather back together, they would thank God each night for another day lived. They were particularly worried about their youngest son, David. David was not as robust as many young boys his age. They wondered if he could, day after day, week after week, endure the difficulty of a labor camp. Each day, Solomon would be taken with the men. It would be a long day, 14 hours, 16 hours. And he would rush back at the end of the day and he would look for his family. And as I said, they would gather together in a circle and they would thank the Lord for another day of life. 
One particular day he arrived and he couldn't find his family. They were nowhere to be found. He searched the entire compound. Finally, he found his eldest son, Joshua. He was in a corner. He was weeping. Solomon said, Joshua, Joshua, tell me it isn't so. Oh, Papa, said Joshua. Today, David wasn't able to do his work. Today, they came for David. And you can imagine that Solomon wept as only a parent could weep at such horrendous news. Somewhere in the middle of his crying, he realized that his wife Jeannie was not around. And so he turned to Joshua and he said, where's your mom? He said, oh, Papa. When they came for David, he was afraid. And Mama said, there's nothing to be afraid of. And she reached down and took David's hand and she went with David. And we can imagine that because we've known women and wives and mothers and grandmothers and mother figures, perhaps fathers and grandfathers and surrogate fathers. We've known individuals who have that kind of heart who would rather take the hit themselves than perhaps allow someone else to suffer. We've known those kind of people. Today is Mother's Day. It's a day that we rightly honor the mothers and the wives and the grandmothers and the surrogate women who have built into our lives. Every Mother's Day, I try and find a Mother's Day text. The problem is I've been doing it for a long time and there aren't enough Mother's Day texts in the Bible. So I've kind of expanded my repertoire to texts on women. I am eminently qualified to talk both about mothers and about women, so I'm sure you'll want to take lots of notes this morning. <laughs> but today I want to talk about two women. I think one of them have gotten a bad shake. Many times when we look at these two women, we have the good woman, Mary, and the bad woman, Martha. We have the kingdom-oriented woman, Mary, and, and the one who does her own thing, Martha. But I'm not sure that's accurate. I actually see them both as kingdom-centered, kingdom-oriented. One has lost her way a bit. She's certainly trying to serve the kingdom, but she's serving it out of grit, She's serving it out of the fruit of self rather than the fruit of God's spirit. She's trying to do things in her own power rather than in the power of God. She hasn't invested enough in her own walk with Jesus. And so she's doing things in the flesh rather than in the spirit. But her goal is still kingdom-minded. Her goal is still to advance the kingdom. Let's pick up in our text. I want to read from Luke chapter 10. Let's read verses 38 to 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. We know it to be Bethany, two and a half miles south of Jerusalem. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. 
But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. These two sisters are quite different. They're kind of like oil and water. We have Mary. Mary has gone through every Bethmore study. She reads Priscilla Shire. She knows Lauren Chandler. She has all of K. Arthur's precept studies. She's taught K. Arthur. You got questions, she's got answers. Biblical ones. Don't play her in Bible trivia pursuit or you're going down. You got a prayer request? You want Mary praying for you. She seems to have a connection with God. She seems to be connected with the Lord. She has a spirit about her that just is contagious. And then there's Martha. Don't beat up on Martha in my presence. The church is built on the backs of Martha. There is no church anywhere that survives without the Marthas. They're the volunteers. They're the workhorse. They're the individuals who roll up their sleeves. Martha is a lot different than Mary. You go into her house and on her coffee table, it says good housekeeping, better homes and gardens, southern living. The place is immaculate. The parade of homes, they want Martha every year. They want you to go through Martha's house. My mom used to say she's the hostess with the mostess. This is Martha Stewart on steroids. My mom is a lot like this. You come to my mom's house and it is immaculate. You drop in on my mom and it is immaculate. Don't throw your shirt or your socks on the floor. She will throw them in the garbage. It is an immaculate house. Now, we meet these gals in Bethany, as I said, two and a half miles south of Jerusalem. You get the idea that Jesus has been here before. In fact, the Gospels make it clear that their home is a respite. It's an oasis for Jesus. It's kind of like family. For Jesus, Lazarus, Martha, Mary, they're kind of like family. When he needs a break, when he needs to escape the multitudes that need to be serviced by Jesus, he goes to their house. I think not in small part because Martha is the hostess with the mostess. She makes you feel welcome. She has the gift of hospitality. She is kind. You want to be there. At the moment in which you and I come to Christ, at the moment in which we pray to receive Jesus Christ as personal Savior, God's Spirit endows us with one or more spiritual gifts. They're different for each person. For Martha, she clearly has the gift of hospitality. Romans 12, the 13th verse puts it this way, Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. And if you're familiar with spiritual gifts... You know that the Bible gives us only two reasons or two purposes to utilize those gifts, to bring glory to God and to build up the church. And she uses this gift, this gift of hospitality. In today's parlay, if she were part of the church, we would want her at the greeting center. We would want her as an usher. We would want her as a greeter. 
We would want her having life groups meet in her homes. We would, we would want her to be going out and sharing the gospel because she has this ability to connect and make people feel welcome. I know we just saw a video. We never do this, but I'm going to give you a second one. This is the gift of hospitality. this like every week but would you like to ride to church with me oh come on mrs edwards you'll like my church we have some hot music it may not be what you're bumping at all but it's hot we get down what do you say mrs edwards oh i suppose I've heard it said that 80% of first-time church visitors come because someone personally invited them. All people need to feel loved and wanted, and for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edwards, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. <sighs> okay, here we are. That's Martha using the gift of hospitality tied in with evangelism to invite someone to learn about her Savior. But the problem with Martha is this. She's not going to be in it for the long haul. If she doesn't change how she builds herself up, she's not going to be in it for the long haul. We have to be self-feeders with the Word of God in order to have the energy to teach the Word of God in order to have the fruit of God's Spirit work in and through us. I want to read a very interesting verse in 1 Thessalonians 2.7. I'm not really going to unpack it because I'm preaching through 1 Thessalonians this summer, but I want to read it and make one observation. 1 Thessalonians 2.7. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So Paul is writing on behalf of Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. He's writing on behalf of three men to a church that he had visited for only three weeks. And he says, I want you to know when we were there, we were just like nursing mothers and gentle among you. And I think to myself, are you kidding me? I mean, I know God's Spirit is telling him what to write, but that would be pretty hard for me to write. 
I'm like a, a nursing mother. I'm not even sure what that means. And so on a couple of occasions when I've been in a room filled with Christ followers, actually some of you, I've said, what does it mean to be a nursing mother? And they've given me all sorts of insights. I'm going to share those this summer. But one I want to share now. One insight that has been given with each group that I've done this with, actually probably a half a dozen groups I've done this with, and they've always said this, you need to be a self-feeder in order to be an other-feeder. You need to take care of yourself physically in order to take care of someone else physically. You need to be nutritious for yourself in order to be nutritious for the baby. That's the part that Martha, I think, has forgotten. She's forgotten that she needs to be with Jesus, to learn about Jesus, to meditate on Jesus, to learn the, the word of Jesus, to be around Jesus in order to live out the fruit of Jesus, the fruit of his spirit, that love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. She's got the cart before the horse. Let me illustrate it this way. Many of you perhaps have been on a plane. If you've been on a plane recently, you know that on the way out to the tarmac, a little monitor comes down and over the monitor, you're given some instructions. Some of the instructions are as follows. In the event that the cabin loses pressure, a mask will fall down Put the mask around yourself, and whether it inflates or not, oxygen will be flowing. If you are traveling with someone who needs assistance, first put the mask on yourself, and then put the mask on the other person. Now that's counterintuitive. Uh, suppose I am traveling with Ray Ray, my recently born granddaughter, half a year ago. So I'm traveling with Ray Ray, and we lose cabin pressure, and the oxygen masks fall down. What is my heart? My heart is to put a mask on Ray Ray, and then to put one on myself. That's what I want to do. That's what I probably will do. It's wrong. I need to put the mask on me first so that I have enough oxygen flowing. I can think clearly to put a mask on her and take care of her for the rest of the flight. If I put the mask on her first and I lose consciousness or I'm not thinking clearly, how am I going to provide for the rest of her needs for the rest of the flight? I need to provide for myself first in order then to be adequate to provide for another. That's the difference between Mary and Martha. Mary understands that she needs to be in the presence of Jesus, to hear the teaching of Jesus, to be impacted by Jesus, to have then the spirit of Jesus flow from her as she ministers to the world. Martha is also kingdom-minded. But Martha thinks to herself, I'm going to get it done. She's kinetic. She's a server. The church is built on Martha's. But she's forgotten to be a self-feeder. And the result is she becomes legalistic. The result is she becomes arrogant. The result is she becomes judgmental. The result is that she feels like others are not participating. You see, the challenge for a Martha, because they're so kinetic, they're so kingdom-focused, they so want to get engaged, 
is they forget to build the foundation. They forget to be in the presence of Jesus. Let's picture what happens. Verse 38, Jesus knocks at the door. I'm telling you, Jesus surprised them. I know this, or I'm guessing, I guess. But if Martha had known Jesus was coming, everything would have been done. The lamb would have been based and cooked. The sheets would have been changed. The house would have been spotless. Everything would have been done because that's what a Martha would do. She would have it all done. So I think Jesus sneaks up on her, knocks on the door. He's in the neighborhood. He wants a respite. And it's one of those rare times, like it happens once every three decades, the house is not perfect. And she has the king, not a king. She has the king in the house. And verse 40 says that she is distracted. Perispao, the idea is she's pulled. The idea is that she's thinking one thing, but then she's thinking another, and then she's thinking another. The picture actually is that Martha wants to listen to Jesus. That's what this word means. She wants to take reams of notes. She wants to listen to the lecture. She wants to hear the words of the Messiah. But while she's listening, all of a sudden she thinks, man, I got to go baste the roast lamb. And, and so she leaves and goes into the kitchen and she bastes and then she comes back and, and she listens for a couple pair. Oh my word, is that a dust bunny? She can't believe it. She goes and gets the Swiffer and she scrubs that little puppy. And then she listens, and then she hears the buzz of the dryer down in the basement. The sheets are now ready. She's got to set the, the new sheet for the bed because the king is in the house. And she's going back and forth. I mean, the place is immaculate, but there's things to do. And all the while, there's Mary sipping a lemonade made by Martha. And Mary's there with her colored pens because she's going to mark up and color code her Bible. And she's got her reams and notes and the special pens and she's soaking it all in. It's always the baby. The babies are the favorites of Jesus, just saying. And this poor baby is doing exactly what Jesus wants to do. She is soaking up Jesus. In fact, the text tells us she hears Akuo but the tense used tells us she's learning now and plans to put it into practice later. That's what the text or the tense of the verb used for akuo is. It's not just she's learning. She's not just learning stuff to win at Bible trivia. She's not just learning stuff so in Sunday school class she can raise her hand to answer the hardest question. It's not just that she's learning because she likes to learn. She's learning about Jesus. She's being fueled by Jesus so that she can then serve Jesus in the spirit of Jesus the way that Jesus intended. She understands Luke chapter 12, 48, to whom much is given, much more is expected. She understands James 1, do not be hearers of the word only, but doers as well, lest you deceive yourself. She knows full well that she needs to learn about Jesus, be impacted by Jesus, do the things of Jesus, to go out and minister in the spirit of Jesus. And so all the while, 
She's sitting there color-coding her Bible, taking notes, sipping the lemonade that Martha made. And Martha's going here and there. Martha is distracted. And finally, Martha has had enough. Mary has crossed the red line one time too many. And so she loads her double-barrel shotgun, one at Mary, one at Martha. Or excuse me, one at Jesus. What is Martha thinking? Maybe she didn't put that oxygen mask on. Maybe she's a little light. She's taking a shot at Jesus. Jesus, she says, what are you doing? Don't you see there's work to be done? No self-respecting Jewish woman is marking up their Bible when the house needs to be taken care of, when there's a guest here. Jesus, tell Mary to help me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha, you are distracted by many things, but Mary has chosen the better part, and what she has chosen will not be taken from her. What has she chosen? Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto you. What has he chosen? She's chosen to Allow the the teaching of Jesus, the word of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the devotion with Jesus to impact her life. But she's hearing, and the verb tense tells us she plans to go out and do. She's not just soaking it up. She plans to minister in the spirit of Jesus. She understands the necessity of being with Jesus. She understands what it means to be a nursing mother, She understands what it means to be on the tarmac and learn about taking care of your own oxygen before you take care of someone else's oxygen. She understands what it means to soak up Jesus and then to go in the spirit of Jesus to minister to others. She understands what it means to be a Proverb 31 woman. A Proverb 31 woman is a woman about the Lord and about the Lord's work in that order. Be about the Lord and then be about the Lord's work. I wouldn't beat up Martha. The church is built on Martha. But the one thing Martha is lacking is an important one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these other things will be added unto you. Martha could take out Rachel Ray. She could beat Bobby Flay. She could win Chopped. But she has failed to remember the priority. And that is to minister in the spirit of Jesus. You see, when we fail to minister in the spirit of Jesus and we just minister, we become angry towards those who don't do what our expectations require. We become bitter People don't appreciate us enough. We look for the pat on the back and the compliment. But when we do things in the spirit of Jesus, we do it for an audience of one. Mary is doing it in the spirit of Jesus. She's doing it for an audience of one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added unto you. I want to close with just four quick observations, nothing new. First, serving as Jesus desires means that you and I are self-feeders. 
Proverbs 31 women are self-feeders. They're individuals who are in the presence of Jesus, learn about Jesus, meditate on Jesus, and then serve in the spirit of Jesus rather than the spirit of the flesh. The second thing is I think we need to think differently about devotions. Devotions are not one more box to check off. Oh, I finally got to my devotion. Good, check it off. I finally spent three minutes in prayer. Good, check it off. We need to think differently about devotions. Devotions aren't a box. They're not a check. They're the foundation of our life. And when the foundation falters, everything above it falters. When the foundation falters, the things we want to do are not done in the spirit and the power of God. And so we need kingdom builders who have the foundation of Christ and who spend the time and the word in prayer not to check off a box, but because they realize, we realize, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but we can do nothing of significance without him. Three, I don't think the text is a choice between the contemplative life and the kinetic life. The contemplative Mary and the kinetic Martha. I don't think it's a choice that way. In fact, if we understand the verb tense of akuo for Mary, she's both. She's contemplative first and kinetic second. And that's the right order. It goes back to the first point. We're not choosing between contemplative and kinetic. It's not an either or, it's a both and. As we are contemplative, then we go out and be kinetic and we serve in the power and the strength of God. The final observation I would make is this. Martha has made the mistake of thinking that everyone must be like her. Again, back to those spiritual gifts. At the moment in which you and I accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, God's Spirit endows us with one or more spiritual gifts. He might give us the gift of teaching or leadership or wisdom or mercy or knowledge or administration or service or helps or giving or evangelism, discernment, any one of these spiritual gifts or others. He gives us one or more of them to build up the body of Christ and to bring glory. But no two people have exactly the same gift mix. Martha is thinking to herself, Every respectable Jewish woman ought to be able to take Mr. Clean out in terms of cleaning the house. They ought to be able to win shop. They ought to be the domestic queen. When that was great for Martha. She is southern living on her bedside table. She's all over the stuff. But Mary doesn't. Mary's a teacher. Mary's filled with wisdom and knowledge. She's got different spiritual gifts. And we need to be willing to bless one another to use the different gifted mix that God has entrusted to us. Actually, there's no gender difference in spiritual gifts. There might be some role differences. There's no gender difference in spiritual gifts. God has given the entire platform of spiritual gifts to both genders. And we need to bless one another to utilize the giftedness that God has entrusted to us, to the one next to us, the one behind us, the one in front of us, they're all going to be different. 
And when we do so, and we get the foundation right, contemplative, and then in the power and the spirit, not of the flesh, but of God's spirit, we go out and serve, then we will be like Mary. Well, today is Mother's Day. I'm thankful for a number of Mary-like individuals in my life. Many Mary-like individuals here today. May we all strive to be even a little bit more like Mary today than yesterday, more next week than this week. Happy Mother's Day. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we do thank you for the many women that you have brought into our lives, the spiritual giftedness that they have brought to the table. We thank you, Father, for the foundation in Christ. And if there's somebody here today that may not know Jesus as Savior, may they today, like we all must, recognize that we are sinners in need of a Savior and accept that Jesus died as a payment of sin, his death for our sin, and believe in Christ and become a child of God. And Father, for each of us who know your Son as Savior, May we daily go to the well. May we daily soak up the word to know about Jesus, to imitate Jesus, and then go out in the spirit of Jesus, not doing things in our flesh, but by the fruit of your spirit for your glory and the advancement of your kingdom. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.